brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice, and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. What does climate resilience mean to you? And how do you create more climate resilience? One company has been working with experts on this question and with interesting results. Meet social impact pioneers, Joyce Coffey and Henning Alts. Joyce is a resilience pioneer. She has worked with hundreds of organisations to create practical strategies that enhance markets and communities to develop resilience to climate change. She led the development of the world's first set of climate resilience principles for the financial service industry, directed the National Equitable Climate Resilience Project and co-authored the National Report on the State of the Climate Adaptation Field. Henning is a social scientist working with CEMEX for more than a decade. CEMEX is the global construction materials company and it's on a mission to build a better future through sustainable products and solutions. Today, we're going to hear a bit about how they are doing this. But first, we need to look back. In 1998, CEMEX set up the Patrimonio Hoy programme. The aim then was to enable people on low incomes to improve their homes. And this aim remains today. In the 25-year journey since Patrimonio Hoy began, Henning and the team behind it have developed wraparound services and support from financing to technical advice for people wishing to use the service and self-build. This inclusive business model is proving itself in its longevity and scalability. And what Henning is also seeing is that Patrimonio Hoy isn't just improving homes, it's improving the quality of life and the well-being of families in Mexico who are utilising the programme. We're going to hear more about this in a bit. So what brings these two together, Joyce and Henning? Well, climate change. Climate change creates more extreme weather events. Flooding, extreme heat, high winds, storms and cyclones, all destroying homes. People most vulnerable to climate change are often those in poor, impermanent housing. To build climate resilience and improve future outcomes for people and their economies, we need safe, resilient and sustainable housing. And this is at the heart of Patrimonio Hoy's mission. Helping families to not only improve their households, but also leave a legacy to the future generations. And Patrimonio Hoy is part of Semex's wider portfolio of integrating solutions for urban development, where they are interweaving complementary solutions for sustainable cities, emphasising net zero, sustainability, circular solutions and resilient buildings and infrastructure. Joyce has been finding out how future and resilience is fundamentally going hand in hand through her explorations at Patrimonio Hoy. And today, together, Joyce and Henning are going to share their journey with us. 
So Joyce Henning, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you. Great to be here. Now, I wanted to dive straight in here. Joyce, I'm going to pounce on you first. So Semix brought you in to collaborate on resilience from a sort of social impact perspective. But I wanted to go sort of to the heart of it first, peel it back for anybody who doesn't know about this sort of stuff. What does climate resilient mean? And why should companies like Semex be inviting you in to have a look at it? Oh, that's just a great question. I mean, with a history of ensuring fair treatment of its workforce and the communities in which it operates, I believe Semex is well positioned to be a leader in climate resilience and justice. So this is it. I'll tell you in a nutshell, the company acknowledges that lower resource communities are generally hit first and worst by the physical impact of climate change. These impacts are, for instance, more frequent, intense, and long-lasting coastal storms, river floods, heat waves, wildfires, and the knock-on impacts of them. So climate resilience is, in fact, helping to save lives and improve livelihoods, even in the face of these new disruptions. And I believe that is why they hired Climate Resilience Consulting, a social enterprise that's based in the U.S., because Semex is on the leading edge of corporations focused on climate change resilience. So we're going to talk a lot today about a vanguard program, Patrimonial OID. In addition to that, Semex is a very early adopter of the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure Framework for corporate reporting on the risk of climate change impact. And the company's leadership is beginning to make climate change resilience a part of its overall corporate sustainability efforts, as well as its, as its enterprise risk management and its community engagement. So across the board, it is making sure that climate resilience paired with climate mitigation and other community engagement efforts are at the forefront of its decision-making, which is very leading and unusual. Yeah, but equally, you can see that kind of foresight coming through, really. And and you just touched upon, Joyce, um, patrimony ahoy. And I'm absolutely saying that incorrectly, Henning, so you can correct me in terms of my my Spanish accent is appalling. So anybody listening, forgive me, I apologise. But as mentioned, it's a programme that has been going for a number of years, if it's actually coming up for its 25th birthday. Now, I was privileged enough to get to look at um, the whole programme a few years ago as part of a study that we did on entrepreneurship. And I love this programme so deeply. So I'm really, really, really excited to hear from you, Henning, who's been on the journey with it. And so I was wondering whether I won't, I will stop talking. I was wondering whether you could share the journey of Patrimony Ahoy, why it's coming up to its 25th birthday, how you've been involved, and, and quite frankly, why are we here today? Henning. Yeah, many thanks. When we started with Patrimony Ahoy, we really focused on both, no? Uh, looking for uh, social impacts on one hand to help people and on the other hand to create a business for Samex. What we are doing in Patrimonioid, we are attending the low-income segment or low-income families so that they can build or amplify their housing through Patrimonioid. One very important aspect of Patrimonioid has been always that it has is designed through bottom-up approach, no? that really a, a multidisciplinary team went to these areas, to, to these colonies, to listen to these families, what they are struggling with the construction, what are their main problems, and through these main problems emerge patrimonial. 
very quickly, I, I will mention them. One main uh, problem has been always access to financing. No? So through Patrimonioi, uh, we are offering a saving and credit system so that the uh, low-income segment get these resources, needed resources, material resources and others to start building their homes. And very important, it's step by step. We don't give a lot of amount of money or whatever. It's step by step and everything is through material. The second point, very important, even if we talk about the family builders, no, we added a, a service which is very important and key is the technical assistance. Today, we send an architect to our clients at their homes in order to guarantee the, the functionality, security aspects of security and also of health in the construction process. And a lot of times these clients or families have built already. So it's also important to see what has been done so far. And obviously, uh, through a professional, Patrimonio helps these families to be more efficient no? by saving money, time and material. And the third uh, very important obstacle at that time was when Patrimonio was designed is like the, the, the material delivery and storage options. No. Today, our local distributors deliver the material directly to their homes. But most important uh, here to mention is that we have a flexible schedule, how we deliver the material that depends on the needs of our clients. So the inventory or the storage of the material is done by patrimonial. They don't have to be uh, worried uh, that through flooding, through rains, rainy seasons, or that it gets stolen, whatever, uh, Patrimonioi is in charge of that. And they will uh, just ask the material that they need in this moment to continue building. However, these three main obstacles, no, uh, which are finally the result of our products, no? once we have resolved these items uh, in Samix and with Patrimonioi, we realize quickly that Patrimonioi is much more than uh, just uh, help helping them to build uh, some parts of their houses, no? Uh, we really improve quality of life through better and more resilient housing conditions, no? What Joyce also mentioned. And of course, uh, once again, a very key uh, person or, or, or service in this case in Patrimonio is our technical assistance, no? To help these uh, houses to, to, to be done very well, not in good conditions. But we impact also on families' health, security, and even harmony. No, if you live uh, very overcrowded, of course, there's a lot of stress, a lot of troubles within the family, and, and you can solve them, uh, of course, with the amplifying of your house. But for me, the most important part has been always, and in all these uh, years uh, traveling and, and talking to our clients, for me, uh, that we achieve maybe not in any, in uh, all the cases on, with every family, but a lot of families, that first of all, they do all this with their own efforts and we are achieving to change their mindset, which means that we go beyond only, uh, we go beyond the housing situation. We are creating people and families or, or helping them to, to be more conscious that they can do this with their own efforts and uh, they give a very good example for their children. No, and, um, and once we have done also our house, of course, then we are also able to see our communities 
So finally, uh, we are talking about the social transformation, uh, what we are looking for in, in Patrimonio Oich, no? And very quickly, how I became involved. You were also asking, well, I'm, um, as I always say in Temex, no? uh, I'm like the maybe a bit different, uh, a bit different background um, because I'm a German and I'm a sociologist, specialized on international development cooperation and macroeconomics. So obviously, uh, through this formation, I got very interested in Patrimonio, you know, in particular through the publica publication of Patrimonio's business case at that time in the book of Siki Prahalat, The Fortune at the Bottom of the Pyramid. And this once arriving in Mexico and, and seeing this market opportunity, you know, which is basically endless or infinite. And at the same time, to see uh, that there's uh, still a huge challenge to scale up patrimonial, this keeps me until today very excited and ambitious to reach so. And hence, obviously, to elevate more Mexican families and hopefully soon also other from other countries, families from, from their state of poverty. Because as we all know, I mean, everything starts at your home and, and this is a very important part also of the social development of our kids, children, and, and also for the families in general. Oh, Henning, thank you so much for taking us through that. And just, it's such a simple, you know, let's help people create their own homes properly. And yet it's all the thoughtful, really sort of attention to detail, wraparound support that you guys offer and, and you partner with others to, to offer properly. That mean that, I mean, as you, we set out saying, you know, this has lasted for 25 years. It hasn't just been a kind of fly-by-night. Um, Joyce, I wanted to bring you in at this point. Clearly, you you were brought in much later, and and really looking at the kind of uh, the the resilience element, climate resilience. I was curious, as an outsider looking in, therefore, from those investigations that you've been doing, what struck you about Patrimonio Hoy, and and what can others who are potentially listening to this conversation, what could they learn from it? Great question. I just have so much to say on this one because I do believe this is a Vanguard program that should be replicated in the wraparound that you just described. For over two decades, FEMAX has been leading by providing families with the means to a safe, stable, and secure home. And this is, in fact, the fundamental of community-wide climate resilience. And as climate change increasingly impacts these communities, Patrimonio OI provides a real, it proves to be a really key initiative in building climate resiliency through housing, but also through fostering stronger local economies, which I really appreciate Henning you bringing out. You know, I think that when we were investigating Patrimonio Oi, there was so much to learn from it. So we tended to organize what we learned in four categories that are fundamental to the climate resilience field. That is that to do with purpose, you know, the purpose of a project, the people that are involved in the project, the pillar of funding for the project, and also, of course, you know, how we might investigate the practice. So I'll just touch really quickly on a couple of those, because I think the lessons learned here are fundamentally valuable for governments, for nonprofits, and certainly for other companies. There's a lot for all of us to learn and hopefully to scale to our work. For instance, on the, on the people front, um, Henning also already described the important value to the family. We understand that it has value to individuals. I would also mention that because Patrimonio OI collaborates with social impact offices to continually meet evolving needs and offer new services as housing improves, 
there's a sense of real potential for the future for the people that are involved. And because the program involves, you know, the professions, architects and engineers, it also helps to transfer knowledge, not just within a family structure, but also within the professional structures of a community. So it's really interesting from that people perspective. I think it's also really interesting from the perspective of purpose. You know, building a better future is so much at the heart of Semex as a company. And you can see it very much a strong theme throughout Patrimonial OI. And for CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, you have to ally yourself so fundamentally with the overarching purpose. So fortunately, uh, and no surprise, Semex has resilience at its heart with this focus on a better future. That is what resilience requires. The future looks so different from our past. And we have to think about these predicted scenarios of climate change risk and then solve for those scenarios for tomorrow, even as we work on you know, making it better today. So I'm about to wrap here on these other elements, right? We have people and we have purpose. I think the practice piece is also very interesting, right? For instance, we see the market value of homes built through the program we learned is approximately 10% higher than comparable homes. I mean, having a community where housing value is going up, even in a climate changed world, is very important for the sustenance and sustainability of that place. And we also found, as I think, um, Henning, you, you touched upon, that homeowners are using their houses for income generating activities, which again is so fundamental for any kind of resilience, but really, I think, important for fostering economic development. And the last one, I can't say enough about the funding pillar that is, you know, so at the heart of what has made Patrimonial Hoy successful. Um, for instance, this micro lending saving approach. I mean, any nonprofit leader, any government leader, any corporate leader listening today, please take a careful look at this because it is the future of bringing more funds into those who are hit first and worst by climate change risk. It gives a fishing pole, not just a fish. So we really felt as though this compensation of architects and engineers from the lending pool, as well as vouchers to alleviate household and community economic instability, really helped to keep the program on track and also could be translated to many other things besides just affordable housing. So, you know, take a careful look at that. I think, you know, if we were to look at the communities within which we have patrimonial OI operational, we definitely see that local economic development has also improved. So governments are therefore benefiting because they're getting more tax revenue and ratepayer revenue for the things that they need to provide social services. So really, really fundamentally, Patrimonial OI is in the lead on the people and purpose and practice and funding pillars of the resilience field. Bravo. Oh, well, Henning, I hope your ears are, you know, totally blushing at that kind of hero worshipping. But I but equally, you know, nothing is perfect the first time around. And there is so much learning that is required in order to get something so impactful, really working. And, and Henning, we're all about learning from one another and sharing that learning because we don't presume that anybody's got it right the first time. And we have to learn from our own mistakes, but also share our mistakes for others to learn from too. And, and I was wondering whether I could ask you to, to, to lean into that. And you've personally been involved and Semex has been involved with developing Patrimonio Hoy and taking on that journey. What lessons have you learned that you'd like to share with others who might be sitting in another organization who are also looking at trying to create, as you say, you know, 
both the commercial and the social value at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I, I just would like, uh, which uh, Joyce uh, mentioned, I missed to mention, not because there are so many things, and it's it's a very important thing. I think uh, what, what Joyce mentioned about the the local potential economic development. No, I think that's also a very interesting part of our design of Patrimonioi that uh, our clients use their space no, for activities, but we also uh, work with uh, promoters no, from the local communities. And usually we are working also with local distributors. So I think also a very important and interesting part of, of the puzzle of our business model, because really, as I mentioned, no, a bottom-up approach where we consider the communities and, and how we can help them and they can help their own uh, neighbors, no, through uh, being a promoter, etc. No, so I think this is also a very interesting element of patrimonioi and very important, no. And now many thanks, Joyce, to, to mention that because I think it's a very important part. And to come to your question, Katie, the the lessons learned talking about Samex, our learning process. I would say I try to sum it up in in some key points. I would say uh, to be modest and to learn from scratch is very important uh, part. At that time, Samex even uh, made a kind of declaration of ignorance to really say internally, okay, we don't know what's going on in this segment. We have to go there. We have to listen to these people. So I think this has been a very, very important part to be able to design something which the market and the families, no, if we want to see both sides, like the, the economic part and the social part, uh, will accept and, and are interested in, in, in participating. The second point I would say is to be flexible and conscious about that the return on investment is different. We are not talking on a normal business. It's different and there are a lot of new things. It's an ongoing process of innovation and learning. So you have to be flexible and you have to be conscious about this. And the third point, uh, also very important, I think, is to define, obviously being flexible, but to find the, define a clear set of key performance indicators. That means also to be able to follow up the initiative. And in this case, yes, as a normal business unit, because we are talking about an inclusive business. We want to be able that patrimonioi is at least self-sustainable. So this is very important that you have very clear about what you're measuring and, and how you want to measure this and how we can improve. And finally, which has been part of our, of our journey, to analyze constantly also where this inclusive inclusive business should be located. But the Munioi was born as a commercial initiative. Then we were part of, of the vice president of institutional relations. Today, we are also part of the commercial one. And I think this has been a very good journey, very important, because you need maybe at the beginning also some, some more on in these first steps you are doing, no, also some kind of protection because it's very, very different business. It's not so easy to understand. And as I mentioned, return on investment is different. So it makes sense uh, to be also there very flexible and to see how the mother company can support and help this initiative. And my personal learnings, well, I mean, it's like, it's has been for me always, you know, to be very passionate about it because 
if you see what you're doing, which is uh, very, I'm very grateful, grateful, and and, and happy to, to to be able to to be very in touch with our clients. And if you see how people can change their life with their own efforts, it's incredible. No, this is, gives you a yeah very big passion on it. No, that you really want to scale this up. You want to improve it because you are seeing what you, we are really achieving. No, but at the same time, uh, we have to be. You should be like a, a patient promoter within the company. We need and you need supporters. No, you need to explain that it's not a normal business, and it's very important uh, also this internally. No, to get these supporters. No, uh, second um, personal learning I think is like to capitalize on companies' resources. In a certain moment, Patrimonioi has been almost a kind of independent company, and it doesn't make sense at all, I think. Now, uh, you have a big company behind, and they can help you with a lot, a lot of expertise, knowledge, etc. And uh, you should capitalize it. And finally, which what we did at the beginning also, keep connected with the people. No? Very important. To their obstacles, to, to their needs, uh, so that you're able always also to adapt in this uh, quick changing world, uh, that you are able to adapt and obviously first to understand the family's needs, which you have done maybe 25 years ago, 20 years ago, but you have to do this constantly. These are my my personal learnings and, and uh, our learning process within Semix. Oh, Henning, thank you so much for sharing that. For anybody listening, that was complete goldmine in terms of advice. I have made loads of notes, Henning. And I wanted to pick up on that declaration of ignorance that you mentioned and bring in Joyce at this point, because, I mean, Semex has almost done it again with regards to the climate resilience, you know, to bring you in to, you know, warts and all, come and tell us what you think, and to really deeply sort of investigate, share your learnings, but also to bring you on a public podcast and say, okay, tell us what you think. What did you find, guys? I mean, so brave, so brave. I don't really know any other company and anybody listening whose company does this all the time. Apologies. But, uh, you know, this is not normal. Can you share with us, you know, what does climate resilience mean for other businesses and how can they learn from from what you've been doing with Semex? Yeah, I think that's a really important question because there is so much to learn from leaders, especially very generous leaders like you are describing um, Semex to be. You know, I would come away with three, I think, key lessons for other institutions. The first is to enable internal champions. We work closely with Beatriz Tumioni, who is the director for Global Social Impact. And she saw early that even as Semex is a global leader in net zero and low carbon cement products, they're known for that around the world. The company also had a responsibility and even an opportunity to be involved with climate change resilience. And this is the resilience of these physical impacts that I mentioned earlier that can no longer be avoided. So along with her wise team, she also asked for support from other verticals throughout the company. And this around the table, therefore, we had individuals who were invested in legal, human resources, risk management, and of course, corporate social responsibility, coming up with both how to assess and address climate change risks for the company. So this is really important because she was an internal champion and she enabled others within the company to become internal champions as well for resilience. So that would be number one. And every company can do it. Um, number two, you know, act now. 
I have to say, I work with so many corporations and other institutions as well who always are looking for something perfect before they take the leap. But we know many climate change impacts are predictable based on future-looking climate change scenarios. So in fact, they are more predictable than other scenario-based risks that you already act on, like cyber terrorism or seismic impact. So really, I think it's important that while assessing the very specific impacts on a particular property may take more time, and it is important, we do know enough to act and take many actions now. And in fact, as the next knows, you know, stakeholders are depending on us to make the climate question a part of all of our work. You know, that is, what do I need to do differently now that the climate is changing? It's a very simple question. And often the responses, as um, Henning just described, it can be quite inspiring to act on the responses that you get to that question. But then the last one I think would be very fitting to Business Fights Poverty and the incredible work that you all do. And that is that we must consider the disproportionate impact that climate change will continue to have on the poor. And we have to do everything within our power to decrease those impacts. These impacts are life-changing and even deathly already. Simex knows this, and it takes vision to recognize the needs of vulnerable populations. It takes political will to target resources to these populations, and it takes innovation to serve them in ways that also serve the business. So unless more companies do more to serve the poor with the solutions that go well beyond recovery donations, to create new solutions to old problems that are hand-in-hand -hand with communities, our climate change future will be a deeply inequitable and unfair one. But with Business Fights Poverty and with Femex and other leaders, I think we have the chance to make it a fairer future not an unfairer one, even as climate change disrupts so much of what we know. And now I'm going to ask an unfair question to Henning. So what therefore is next for Patrimony Hoy? And then I'm going to ask, and this is really unfair in terms of order, because Joyce, I'd then love your response to that. You know, what is next for, for Patrimony Hoy in terms of both climate resilience, but also the programme itself? Yeah, very unfair question, eh, Katie? <laughs> no, don't worry. I mean, of course, we, and as I mentioned before, I mean, we are very excited uh, and, and also now with the 25th anniversary, you know, and we want to continue. We want to, to scale really up Patrimonioi. I mean, um, depending how you compare it, uh, we have benefited more than 3.2 million people, you know, uh, including the families, the children, but so far uh, for us, it's not enough. No, it's, there's a very huge or need in this market or in this low income segment. Uh, so we need this challenge continues. We need to scale up patrimonio in Mexico and how we, we consider doing this by innovation and digitalization. No, for instance, we have uh, moved our services almost three years ago from, from local offices to a, to a contact center. We are working with social media. We are about to launch a Patrimonioi application and app for our clients. So we are trying to be more efficient and more customer friendly in, in, in any, any part of, of the process or journey of a client. On the other hand, we are conscious that uh, we don't want and we don't have to do everything on our own. Uh, we are looking for and having conversations to make partnerships with private, public, or social actors. No, we don't have to invent the things which already exist or other uh, institutions attend very well. So doing good by helping each other 
instead of uh, trying to do everything on your own. For instance, microinsurance is, is a very interesting topic. Financial education, green housing, also for low-income segments, etc. And a third point, which uh, for me is very exciting always, like how we can deepening our social impact or our social transformation by being a flagship initiative on housing constructions. We are trying to, to confront the climate change or, or to work on the resilience. For instance, uh, talking about education and uh, consultancies on sustainable housing, how we can improve not only the construction in terms of a traditional, uh, let's say, technical assistance, but uh, considering climate change, urban gardens, uh, eco-efficient products, water raining collection systems, uh, to name some, no? We want to, uh, to go beyond these topics, I mean, to, to improve uh, much more quality of life and also to, to uh, prevent or to prepare these families also to climate change. And finally, once we have done everything uh, I mentioned, uh, which is a huge challenge, of course, then uh, uh, we are hopefully very well prepared also for the international expansion. I mean, Patrimonioi has been implemented in other countries, but so far the main operations are in Mexico. And uh, once we have enabled Patrimonioi through an efficient, standardized and a more light or, or flex and flexible business model, uh, we are, will be also able to implement this in other countries and, and hopefully quickly and hence to, to, to impact more on, on or to support uh, countries and, and particular families in, in these difficult times of climate change. Thank you. And Henning, having made you unfairly go first, I then want to bring in Joyce. So Joyce, having heard what Henning just shared and knowing what you know from, from your climate resilience work, how might Semex scale impact and value with Patrimony Hoy? But also, what might be your advice or action or takeaway for others, perhaps listening for other organizations, other projects? Well, I mean, I think um, I would put a fine point on all that Henning just offered in terms of this um, scaling. I also think that, you know, there's an opportunity to scale this work, uh, not just, you know, out, but also up and deep. So. Um, we, we see, for instance, CEMEX is involved with so many international institutions, Habitat for Humanity, the Inter-American Development Bank, and others that provide technical assistance, financing, regulatory support. All of these affordable housing initiatives, CEMEX is in the middle of these conversations. So they're sharing their knowledge. And that is you know, very fundamentally important for all of us making change. In addition, I think the fact that Overall, CEMEX is scaling up by enabling more leaders in the company to take action on climate change resilience really bodes well for the future of all the stakeholders within the value chain of the company. And then um, I think scaling deep, you know, we've heard from Henning, there's so many more options over the 25 years that the program has been underway to continue to evolve services and processes to help more communities to help themselves. And I guess that's really where I'd end in terms of a call to action or takeaway from others. You know, we know that in order for us all to be part of a climate change future that is just and fair and allows for thriving, we're all going to need to take on new leadership. We have to take on new leadership in the face of the biggest change challenge of this and future generations. And we all need to find new ways 
our own ways to save lives and improve livelihoods, even in the face of climate change disruption. And I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to learn from CEMEX about how they've done that. And I think as I've discussed here today, and as Henning has also put on the table, there are many, many lessons for all of us so that we can be um, a part of the future that we know we need to be. Oh, thank you very much, Joyce. And, and Henning, I'd, I'd love just to ask that final piece of that question to you, therefore. So what would be your one sort of call to action to anybody listening or, or one key takeaway for them? Yeah, of course, I would uh, mention four points, important points, I think. Take a decision and assume responsibility for our planet. I think that's, that should be like the starting point for uh, people who are interested or, or worried about our future. So take a decision, analyze, of course, and assume the responsibility. Another point, very important, I think, uh, to take this call to action is what I mentioned uh, several times. Listen to the people, to the people who are involved or affected so that you can really think about or design uh, solutions which uh, are sustainable and help these people. And then get started. And not everything must be perfect or done 100%. That's also, I think, always very important that sometimes we you know, consider that, okay, they're missing some parts. Get started. Let's do it. And finally, uh, this is also, I think, always important. Somehow we mentioned it also, like find supporters and partners, not internally and externally. There are a lot of people involved uh, to, to help, to support in your company, but also outside of your company. So find these supporters and partners and let's do something. No? Yes. <laughs> Henning yeah. and Joyce and Henning, thank you so much. I'm feeling totally inspired, really positive. Get up and go. Uh, you guys are just absolutely brilliant. And I wish you all the very best with uh, taking this forward and, and the continued work that you are doing. Henning, Joyce, thank you. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.